Kia ora and welcome to the Hill Country Futures Partnership Program podcast series designed to equip New Zealand Hill Country farmers with decision-making tools and the best forage options for a whole farm system approach, which in turn future-proofs the profitability, sustainability and well-being of our pastoral farmers. I'm your host for this series, Seraperium Lamp, proud to support thriving Hill Country communities. Well, this is going to be a really interesting episode with Professor Derek Moot. We're going to be talking about the Agricultural Production Systems Simulator, but for the rest of the episode, known as APSIM for short. It's one of the key tools that's come out of the Hill Country Futures program. Derek, where did we get the simulator from? Is this something we've developed within the program or adapted? That's a really good question. The APSIM model has come out of Australia. So there's a large body of models that um, the Australians have developed over the last 30 years on uh, wheat crops, sorghum crops, maize crops, all sorts of cropping systems. And what we've done is say the basic template that they're using is pretty good, but it doesn't work for perennial systems. So can we adapt it for a lucerne crop, and we've been working with plant and food research on doing that. Okay, so there's a yield map of lucerne production potential across New Zealand based on long-term weather data sets under irrigated conditions. So that that must be some pretty valuable insights for hill country farming that we have that. Absolutely. So what, what we did was we took um, 20 years of data from Lincoln, from our, our research program, projects and the data files, the weather data files that were associated with that and the soil um, data files. So we had work at Ashley Dean. Some of your listeners will know Ashley Dean. It's a stony, horrible soil. And then right outside my office, the university was put on the best soils in the country. So a Wakanui silt loam. And you've got to be able to have a model that can work in both of those soil conditions and everywhere in between. So we calibrated the model to be able to do that, uh, measured the biomass, related that to the amount of light that was intercepted. So the radiation and the, then the photosynthesis rates. Um, and then once we were comfortable that the model was predicting that reasonably well, we then took long-term weather records from um, NIWA, from the Virtual Climate Network, and used that to do some simulations of what we expected um, potential pasture yields were in different parts of the country. So that was done on a five by five kilometre grid. So it's not for an individual farmer, but it gives an idea of the difference in yield you could expect from central Otago to Northland. How specific will you be getting down uh, any further beyond the program to to actually be even more microclimate specific? Yeah, so so validating the model um, actually required us to then find individual data sets from different parts of the country that had already been published. So a lot of work done on Lucerne in the 70s. And we went back and grabbed some of that data to check that what we were predicting was what we were getting in the model, and that worked reasonably well. So um, the next part of the development, and I've got a PhD student working on that now, is to move it into the dryland system and say, well, what factors are affected when we get into the dry? Um, We don't grow a lot of irrigated lucerne in New Zealand, which disappoints me Mm. because we should be. No, the yields are incredible. That's right. So um, part of that is it's huge, it's very efficient plant, but 
and so we've been able to model that. The next part is to go, well, what do we expect in um, different soil types and our, our rain-fed dryland areas? Um, so that's we've got a PhD student just started on that program now. So we have, as you said, 20 years of data. Why do we need a tool to simulate this? Why don't we have this entrenched knowledge across our dryland Yeah, we do a little bit, but what you always need is science to challenge management. So you need the science and you need the the repository of the science, which is then a, a model, to then be able to look at different scenarios. So what the APSA model allows us to do is look at climate change scenarios. It, it allows us to look at um, how things might change with land use. What might happen on a farm, you can actually put it into the APSA model and start to pull that out. But it is predominantly a research tool um, which will be used by research scientists to inform and uh, challenge policy around nitrate leaching, climate change, greenhouse gas emissions, all those sorts of things. My head goes to two words, overseer and farmax. How does it differ? Uh, it works on a daily time step. So it takes the individual day's temperature, uh, weather data, and grows the plant on that day. So it extracts water for that day and it grows that day. Whereas both farm, Farmax and Overseer are both very good for what they're doing, but they're not doing what's happening on a daily basis. So I can look at defoliation management. I can look at what happens if I graze this crop this year rather than a static state, what happens on average across many years, which is how Overseer and Farmax operate. I think there's farmers listening that would love to get their hands on this tool as soon as possible, as yeah. opposed to locked into research. Yeah, it's a it's a much more complicated um, tool to use, and and therefore um, at this stage, it's probably not used by farmers. It it does take quite a bit to 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 utilise. But on behalf of farmers, informing policy is of just as much value. Absolutely, and that's really why we're trying to do this. We need to ensure that if we are going to encourage farmers to use legumes, red clover, whatever it might be, that we're not actually causing um, unexpected consequences in terms of environmental impacts. And we need the tools to be able to show that. Our current tools don't do that. So that's why we've developed the Epsom Lucerne model. So how is the applications regarding nutrient leaching and carbon sequestration going to play into some of those policy discussions? Uh, they will. Model? The science will helpfully, hopefully inform some of that policy um, around nutrient leaching in particular. So we currently have models that suggest lucerne roots go down to about 0.8 of a metre. We know they go down to 2.5. We've measured to um, 5 metres. And that makes a big difference. When you've got a, a lucerne root or a root that's extracting water down to that depth, you're minimising the potential for nitrate leaching. So we need to get those things right because they make a, a big impact on your nutrient budget. Yeah, and a re- complete reduction of inputs in terms of water use and uh, fertilizer uh, applications as well. So I, I understand you brought planted food research and Manaki Whenua Land Care research into this part of the Hill Country Futures Program. How have they been involved in contributing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a, a former PhD student of mine, um, Ed Martishiera, uh from Plant and Food Research actually runs the Lucerne model. And so they do a lot of the programming and, and things that my team doesn't do. So they're involved heavily in developing um, Epsom Lucerne, but also they run the Epsom wheat model and they're running it for pastures and all sorts of things. So they're the real experts. So it was really important that we work with them. And then um, 
land care uh, have a lot of the data around um, the soils and also um, how to look at the landscape, how, how to look at that five kilometre by five kilometre grid with 30 years of weather data. So they brought those skills into the programme. So in practical sense, informing policy in a management context of, say, your farm environment plan, how is I this want, going to, yeah. how, what's your dream? Because yeah, I'm my just dream, <laughs> My dream is, Sarah, that we can actually challenge some of the um, outputs that we get from our current models that I don't believe, I don't think are based on solid enough evidence. And uh, that's why we've developed the Epsom Lucerne model. So we can start to challenge some of the answers that are coming out of some of those other models. What about um, collective use of data with catchments as well? Yeah, all those sorts of things. All those wider environmental issues become important. And we've got to have, if we're going to start taxing and challenging farmers, um, we better have the models working properly. Uh, fantastic. Professor Derek Moat there on the Epson model, which you can find out more on the Hill Country's uh, Futures website, hillcountryfutures.co.nz. That is the Agricultural Production Systems Simulator, which has been uh, one of the key tools that has come out of the programme. This is part of a wider podcast series of Hill Country Futures Partnership Program, which is a wrap of the $8.1 million research program co-funded by Beef and Lamb New Zealand, Ministry for Business, Innovation and Employment, PGG Rights and Seeds and Seedforce New Zealand. For more information, visit hillcountryfutures.co.nz and of course the Beef and Lamb New Zealand Knowledge Hub is huge with heaps of resources online as well. Namahi nui.